Well, today's Ignite Sunday. It's a special Sunday in our church because we're kicking off our fall semester, actually 24, a ministry cycle. And, and so we're excited. It's a special Sunday. Uh, and we'll tell you more about that at the end of the service. But uh, speaking of exciting times, one of the exciting things that is happening in the Warneri family is that my youngest son, Stephen, some of you know, he broke and and so they are engaged. And so what's been happening in our house is we've been planning a wedding. And my wife really likes that kind of thing. And so she and, and Brooke and Stephen have been talking about venues and about menus and about dresses and decorations and all that uh, involve planning for a wedding. Weddings are exciting. Uh, I don't know that I necessarily like to plan weddings, but I like to attend weddings. I officiate a lot of weddings and I enjoy it. Uh, and weddings are special because weddings are the culmination of the season of a relationship, aren't they? That started with, hey, let's get to know each other. Let's explore the possibility of our, um, you know, maybe getting more serious. And in that process, then the persons grow to know each other, they grow to love each other. And then there comes a point, the wedding is a point where the couple is saying a commitment. I love this person so much and I'm convinced that this is the right person that I am willing to make a lifetime commitment. And that's why we have a big celebration because it's a big deal whenever you commit your life to another person in a covenant relationship. Well, first invited individuals to follow him. It was an invitation to come and see. It was an invitation, hey, come get to know me. You've heard about me, maybe you watch from a distance, but get a little closer. Get, get to see who I am and, and what I'm about and, and, uh, and who i am come from. And, and as people got to know him, then Jesus makes another invitation. He says, okay, now that we've been together, now that you've checked me out, now that you've gotten to know me, now it's time to make a commitment. It's decision time. We finished our summer uh, sermon series last Sunday. We walked through the Gospel of Luke. And from the very beginning, when Jesus called those fishermen at the Sea of Galilee to follow him, and then we went last Sunday, Pastor Eli talked to us about the resurrection and his appearance to the disciples, his commissioning of them. And in between those two events, then um, lets them know that they had to make a decision. And the nature of that decision was a very serious commitment. I invite you to go with me to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 9, verse 23, where we find our text for this morning. I'm going to read it from the New American Standard, and it reads like this. If you don't have your Bibles with you, you can see it on the screen. And he was saying to them all, if anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. This is the decision that Jesus is calling them. The contemporary English version, uh, I think, gives a, a little more punch um, with a little more contemporary language. It reads like this. If any of you want to be followers, you must forget about yourself. You must take up your cross every day and follow me. So here's the thing. Comes, uh, invites people to come and see but after some time, he's inviting people to come and die. 
When Jesus first calls Simon and James and John and Levi and others to follow him, he doesn't ask for prerequisites. He doesn't ask them to sign a contract. He, he doesn't ask them to go to a special orientation class. He just says, come and follow me. But once his followers have identified who he is, they have seen his power, they, they, they have seen the miracles, they, they have heard the teaching that comes with authority, then the invitation changes, and now the invitation is come and die. Thomas Courtney uh, is one of the young adults in our church that came uh, to know Jesus through our student um, ministry at a camp, and he grew as a disciple here, and as he was going to college, he was very active serving, and he was also in ROT. And so when he graduated, he was commissioned to be an officer in the U.S. Army, and his goal was to fly an Army helicopter. And so he's been away uh, preparing for this, he's been training, uh, and he's been studying, and finally, last week or, or, or two weeks ago, to fly his own helicopter. He, he got to, to hold the controls and, and to feel what it's like to, to fly your helicopter. What, what a thrilling experience. He, he uh, took a selfie, posted it on Instagram, and he put this caption, unfortunately, landing is mandatory. I love flying around. The nerves in the beginning can almost be compared to a first date or trying out that weird new food place, but then you realize you wouldn't want to be doing anything else. I think about this thrill of flying an army helicopter. It, it, it only comes after the willingness to risk something. In fact, just the opportunity to be trained uh, meant that at some point Thomas signed his life away. That, that there is this commitment for somebody that is enlisted that every time you get in a helicopter, you realize you may not come back, whether it's in training or in It is the laying down of your life in order to experience something greater, in order to experience something. And if you're not willing to do that, if you're not willing to make that kind of commitment, that you cannot experience it. You cannot have the thrill of flying. And when Jesus invites us to this great adventure of following, of knowing him, of living for him, in, in, of being on mission with him, we are reminded that we cannot experience the life that Christ offers us if we stay in our comfort zone. If all of your focus is on looking out for number one, on being safe, risk, you will miss out on the life that God is calling you to live. To deny ourselves to forget about ourselves means to love God so much that you're willing to get in that spiritual helicopter and you're willing to take that flight that because you love him, you trust him because you want to experience what he has for you. To take up our cross daily means that we're willing to follow Jesus in his death and suffering. You know, when Jesus carried the cross to Calvary, he was announcing his commitment he, he, he was not, when he was on the cross, he was not trying to decide anything. He'd already decided the night before in the Garden of Gethsemane. He, he, told, he told God, if there's any way that this cup can pass from me, this is what it means, is if there's any other way in which we can save humanity other than my death and suffering, God, let's do that one. This is the only way, that not my will, but your will. 
He made a commitment by the time the next day he's carrying the cross, it is a sign of commitment to give his life for you and for you and for you and for me. It is a commitment to die, to give us life, to give us forgiveness, to, to pour out his And the good thing is that as we've sung about this morning is he didn't stay in the grave. He rose from the dead. In fact, not only did he rise from the dead, but he ascended to heaven. Christ is not on the cross anymore. Christ is not in the tomb anymore. And he's king of kings and lord of lords. But he first committed to lay his life down and then he was lifted up, he was glorified. And so to take up our cross daily means our willingness to follow Jesus in that death and suffering. It is a commitment to lay our lives down for him. See, there are a lot of Jesus' fans out there. But when the going gets tough, they quit. There are a lot of people that fill our churches who are looking for a health and wealth gospel. That, that means that they, they, they want God to bless them. If they do this, if they give this, then, then they want God to give them good things. It's a prosperity gospel. But Jesus never said, if you follow me, I'm going to give you everything you want. Jesus never said, if you follow me, you're never going to have problems or you're going to have money or you're going to have prosperity, you're going to have health. Sometimes he gives us those things and we praise him for that. But that's not what the gospel is. Jesus said, if you deny yourself, if you take up your cross, if you're willing to suffer, if you're willing to die for me, then you will find true life. There are a lot of people who go to church because they're seeking God's blessings. But once they experience difficulties, they, they quit church songs on Sunday morning, but the moment there's something they don't like at church, they start church hopping. I really, I'm really amazed when I talk to people who, are, who just start going from church to church and, and the reasons they give for changing churches. And I'm going, really? Did, did Jesus really call you to complain about this or the color of the carpet or how big the restrooms are, or if they serve good coffee at church? Is that what it means to deny yourself and take up your cross? Because I don't think it does. That's not taking up your cross daily. That's not denying yourself. That's not what it means to be a true disciple. That's, that means consumer of spiritual goods. We've got lots of those. We've got lots of customers looking for churches that will serve them well. Jesus is looking for followers who will lay down their lives for him. And today, the scripture reminds us that it's time to make a decision. Are you going to be a true disciple? Or are you going to be a bystander? Are you going to be on the bleachers or are you going to get in the field? Are you going to be committed to the life that God calls you to live? If any of you, Jesus says, want to be my followers, you must forget about yourself. You must take up your cross daily and follow me. That's the fork in the road. We decide whether we're all in or we're not. Jesus has said to you, come and see. Now you've seen, you've heard him, you've experienced him. You've gotten close to him. Now Jesus says, now it's time to come and die. It's decision time. And I want to offer you three practical ways to decision today. The first one is decide to belong. If you're going to follow Jesus, then you need to be part of a church family, of a grow group, of a community of disciples. Where, where you deny yourself, you take up your cross and follow Jesus. Where, where in that community... You what it means to, to lay your life down. 
And, and community is messy. I get it. Relationships are messy. No church is perfect. If, you, if you're looking to join the perfect church, the moment you join, it'll, it, you'll mess it up. There is no grow group that is perfect. People don't want to join groups. Oh, because, you know, people this and people that. We're people. We're broken people. See, Jesus doesn't call you to join a church because it's perfect. He doesn't call you to join a grow group because it's perfect. He calls you to join to be because in that community, he'll perfect you. He'll make you like him in that context of loving others, even if they're hard to love. Notice the importance of belonging to church in the, in the early church of belonging. Uh, chapter, uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 41. It's like this. Acts 2, 41. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. Did you notice that? They, they believed, they, they received the Holy Spirit, they were baptized, and then they belonged. They, they, they were together. That's how important it is. And so maybe it's time for you to decide to belong. For some of you, that means following Christ in believer's baptism. Believer's baptism is a symbol where you are publicly declaring that you belong to Jesus and you identify with his church. That's, that's a huge way to commit to belonging. Maybe it's time for you to join Calvary formally. You've been coming here. Maybe you, you think this is your... Home church, we want to be your home church, but you need to make a commitment to say, I'm going to say I'm committed to what God is doing through Calvary. Or maybe it's time for you to join a grow group. You're not part of a, a community, and, and you'll learn more about that, but you need to make that commitment today, a, a commitment to belong. And the second thing I want to invite you to consider in decision time, a, a decision to believe. For some of you, that's, that's a decision that you need to make today. To believe. You've heard the gospel. You've come to church. You know about Jesus, but you don't know Jesus personally. You've never made a personal commitment for him to be your Savior and Lord. You've never come to the point in your life where you say, I'm a sinner. I'm lost. I don't know what will happen with me in eternity. And I recognize that my only hope is Jesus. He died for me. He was buried and he rose from the dead. And that's enough. That's all I need to be I need to be made a new person. It's not Jesus plus something. It's not Jesus plus church. It's not Jesus plus religion. It's not Jesus plus my works. It's Jesus is enough. He said it is finished at the cross. And today you need to make that commitment. So spend some time with Jesus. Jesus calls them to make a decision to believe. Look at Matthew chapter 16, verse 13. Matthew 16, 13. It says, when Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say this? They replied, some say John the Baptist, 
Others say Elijah and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. What about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this by flesh and blood, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. See, the disciples have been walking with Jesus. They have been listening to him. Not only were they listening to Jesus, but they were watching the multitude of people. Some of them were coming to faith. Some of them were watching from a distance. And Jesus says, who do people say I am? Well, people think you're a prophet. The people think you're Jeremiah or, or you're Elijah. And Jesus says, well, who do you say I am? Because at the end of the day, it, it doesn't really matter what other people think. Who do you say I am? Who do you believe I am? And Simon says, you're the Messiah, the Son of God. And Jesus says, you didn't figure that out on your own. You didn't read that in a book. My Father in heaven revealed it to you. It's a miraculous revelation of who Jesus is. When you walk with him, then the Spirit of God convicts you of who he is. And so today, maybe you've been hanging around church and church people, but it's time to say, who do you think he is? Who do you believe Jesus is? It's time for you to make a decision to believe in Jesus as your Savior. And tells us in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, the following. Listen closely. Romans 10, verse 9. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved for it is with your heart and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. It is, it is faith that the Spirit of God stirs up in our heart. We act on that. We respond to that faith. We apply that faith, and then we declare it with our mouth. We confess, Jesus, you're Lord. You're my You are the one that can save me. And in that moment, something miraculous happens, and you come to be a child of God. Which leads me to the third thing I want you to um, consider deciding. Decide to become. After you've decided to belong, after you decide to become. See, the moment that you first trusted Christ, you became a child of God. Look at what John 1.12 says. He says, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So when you believe, when you trust Jesus as your Savior and Lord, you become a child of God. Listen, not everybody's a child of God. I know people say that all the time. We're all children of God. Well, we're all creation of God. We're all made in the image of God. We're loved by God, but only those who received him become children of God. Those who trust Jesus are adopted into the family of God. That's something that God does when you trust him. But you can make a commitment as a child of God to become like your father, to become Christ-like. That doesn't mean that you do it on your own strength. It doesn't mean you work it up. You can't become Christ-like on your own, but it is a commitment to let God work in you, to let the Spirit of God work in you. It's a decision to grow, a decision to obey, a decision to be a lifelong learner. You know when discipleship graduation is? Does anybody know where discipleship graduation is? It's when Jesus comes. That's when you graduate. 
So if you say, well, I've been a Christian five years or 10 years or 15, 13, 30 years, let me tell you, that's great, that's awesome. I hope it shows. <laughs> but you haven't graduated yet. We're all still in the process of becoming Jesus returns until we get to heaven. I love Romans chapter eight, verse 11. It says, and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of the spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, but it is not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the spirit of God are the children of God. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. You've brought about your adoption to sonship and by, by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with the spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share glory. Wow, I could stay there all day, all day. What a powerful passage. What a reminder that God has given us his spirit. And that the spirit is the one who testifies that we are children of God. The spirit is the one that makes sure that we continue to grow to become like Christ. If we walk by the spirit. It's a matter of daily faith. It's a matter of taking up your cross daily and say, no, Julio, you're not going to have your way today. You're going to let Christ have his way. Because Julio messes it up all the time. But Christ loves you. And Christ wants the best for you. And so I will trust the spirit to work and do in my life. I hope you do the same in yours. As we commit, we allow the spirit of God to lead us in our personal devotion. To lead us to gather with others in worship as we're doing here. To lead us to belong and grow in community. To lead us for our spiritual gifts. And to use those spiritual gifts to serve the body of Christ, to serve the world, and to send us out to love people and to let them know that Jesus loves them in word and deed. Some are sent over, some are sent across the street. Some get to love people from a different tribe, a different people group. Some are sent to love their neighbor, who is hard to get along with. But Jesus died for him or her. And the Spirit of God is the one that allows us to reach out and to love. So commit. Become a mature child of God that looks like Christ. Today is decision time. You can make a commitment right now as we pray. I'm going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes. and Think about what the scripture has said to you. Think about what kind of decision you need to make today. With your head bowed and your eyes closed. If your decision today is to belong, maybe it's a decision to be baptized or to join Calvary in a grow group. If that's a decision, would you just raise your hand where you are? And that way I can know and pray for you. I see your hand. Thank you. Anybody else? I see your hand right here. I see several hands. Thank you. Anybody else? I see your hand. Yes. You can put it down. Thank you. Thank you. The decision is to trust Jesus as Savior and Lord.
for the first time in your life, you come to the point where you confess that you're a sinner and that you need forgiveness, you need eternal life, and today for the first time, you want to trust Jesus as your Savior and Lord. Would you raise your hand where you are? Is there anybody else? I see your hand. Thank you. I see yours. Thank you. I see several. Amen. If you, if you raise your hand for that, just pray this prayer right now. Say, dear God, love me. I recognize I'm a sinner. And I know that Jesus loves me. And he died for me on the cross. Was buried. And rose from the dead. I trust my life to Jesus. I ask you to make me your child. Thank you for hearing my prayer. And for giving me new life and eternal life. Amen.